episode of DMs with D and M, the podcast by two women who are trying to make sense of the world one episode at a time. I'm Daniela Schiavo. And I'm Emily Sienta. In today's episode, we'll be talking about money, making better decisions, budgeting, and the illusion of being rich as opposed to genuine wealth. Confused by that last one? Stick around and I'll tell you more about it. That's right. We live in a world where wealth of celebrities and influencers have been normalised by social media and young people get themselves into debt just trying to keep up. Exactly. Em and I talk a lot about hard work and more recently about prioritising your health over anything. But we figured if we're still trying to figure out how to balance everything, then so are you. Before we get into all of that though, a quick disclaimer, we'd just like to apologise for the audio quality this week. We've not been able to make it to the studio and so we're improvising, so please bear with us. Anyway, Emily, what has been the pit and peak of your week? I would say the peak has been, firstly, the weather is getting better. It's getting warmer, the sun's staying out, it's loving it. Last week we had Oktoberfest and it was a really good time, like I was a bit nervous in the sense like I just didn't know what to expect and it was going to be big day and it ended up being so fun and just like surpassing my expectations oh absolutely I couldn't agree with you more so so good so if you haven't gone um I definitely recommend going at least once I think we'll be doing it next week yeah I hope so yeah um and I would say the pit would be this week's just been a tough week in the sense that I've just been feeling a bit down um some old issues that had sort of not gone away but had been quietened down for a little bit had arisen again um, and it just brought back a lot of feelings I just didn't want to face. Um, and, yeah, it's just make, been making me feel a bit down. But that's okay. Hopefully this week coming is a new week. Yes, definitely. And, I mean, it's all about attitude, isn't it? I agree. Definitely. Yeah. Anyway, the pit of my week would have to be realising that my new job requires a certain level of mathematical skill that I just don't possess. On the flip side, though, my peak would have to be my Thursday night that just passed the sun was shining and my boyfriend and I went and got Korean food when I finished work. So that was really great. Another pit to add is this audio quality and I'm really sorry. Yeah, it's um, it's new. It's new territory, new environment that we're kind of trying to record in. Yeah, and hopefully not something permanent. So, no, but yeah, I watch this space. Yeah, it's watch this space and it's not a permanent thing. At least we're trying, so. Exactly. All right then, Daniela, I think it's time for the hot seat. For those of you who are new here, I'm going to fire five questions at Daniela and she has to answer them with the first thing that comes to her mind. Daniela, are you ready? I'm ready. Question number one, would you say you are a good saver? I would say that I have definitely become a better saver. I never really was a great saver unless I had a big goal that I was working towards. So nowadays I am just a lot more conscious of my long-term priorities, I would say. So I really do make an effort to save money for the long-term. So for things that I won't be able to see immediate results for, which is really difficult to start off with because I was used to saving for something, then you know buying it or doing it or whatever it was, and then starting from scratch again. Whereas now I'm just seeing this slow accumulation of, of funds, which is great. It keeps me motivated, but it's also hard not to go back and spend because I've got the funds. So, yeah, it's interesting, but I definitely say I'm becoming better than I used to be. Yeah, I feel you there. I feel like the more kind of money you have, the more comfortable you become because you think, oh, I can buy this because I've got this much to back me up. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, it's a dangerous space to be in, but it's 
good to be mindful not to fall back on it. Absolutely. Uh, question number two. Has there ever been a moment where you have taken a risk of your money and it hasn't paid off? To be honest, I don't think so, mostly because I've never actually invested in long-term, say, let's say, stocks or, you know, um, things that require a long-term outcome. So for me, anything that I have invested my money in has been, you know, travel or, you know, sort of more material day-to-day items or, you know, even just like a little splurge here and there. But I wouldn't say it's not paid off just because I've not invested enough to really feel a loss. It's an interesting question though, because yeah, I feel like, you know, as you get older, there will be things that you'll start to buy that are much more high ticket, you know, even things, you know, household items, appliances, cars, property, that kind of thing that, you know, you can invest some serious money into and not see a return for. But I think at this point in time, I've not really experienced that, which is a good thing, I guess. Well, it's good to know. I think it's something that comes over time and like with maturity and you sort of learn from your mistakes. So I think most people have been there, made that mistake, but have learned from it, hopefully. Hopefully, yeah. Question number three. So a little bit of background behind this question. Last week at Oktoberfest, we were playing a a game and we're asking different questions like the would you rather um, and I asked this one while Daniela wasn't at the table. So I thought at the moment I was like, yep, I have to remember this because I'm going to ask it in a hot seat. So would you rather live underground or on the moon for a year? Well, I would have to say the moon. Obviously, let's talk about logic here and say that, I mean, it's impossible to get to the moon without a spaceship and without all the equipment anyway. So let's assume that we've got all of that stuff and it's not an issue. Um, yeah, I definitely say moon, not just because it'd be really fucking cool. And I mean that as in cool, as in awesome to do, not cold, because it would be cold on the moon. That's the only thing. They, I forget about that. The moon would be freezing. But then again, underground wouldn't be too comfortable either. Like if it was hot, you would get really humid down there. Well, I know underground is cool because... Oh, true. Two people do live like in uh, Central Australia. They yeah. live underground. Yeah. And yeah. not to diss anyone who does live underground, but I would prefer to live on the moon just because I think that's awesome. Who can say that they lived on the moon? Like, let's, like have you guys watched Futurama? Like, let's, let's go oh, into that. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Okay. Like, okay. Yes. That was inspiration for my question. <laughs> not really, but yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I said the moon... Though I'm freaked out by space, but the most main reason I did it was because I can, like, look outside and have a view and not feel so trapped, whereas underground I feel like there's only so far you can go. Oh, yeah, no windows, none of that. And, like, you'd probably have terrible internet service from there. I'm not saying that the moon would have the greatest, but have you seen that Samsung has now sent selfies to the moon? Oh, my God, no. Yeah, oh, my God, yeah. So there's some Italian singer, Fedez. He got asked by Samsung to send a selfie to the moon. Cara Delevingne. Oh, Delevingne. What? Yeah. yeah, I know. It's insane. But this is where we're at with, with space people. So wow. let's all, you know, living on the moon, possible. Yeah, possible, definitely. Question number four. Would you say that you wish you had made smarter choices with your money in the past? And if so, do you feel that those decisions are affecting your life today? Again, I, I don't think so. I um, I think I've made okay decisions with my money. Like I've not really spent things like and, you know, gone out and bought things that are ridiculously expensive and, you know, yeah, I've got a few designer things like big deal. It's all things that I think 
I don't know, they're, they're an instant reward. So I've been okay with it. I think as well, anything that I have made like a bad decision on has been out of my control. So for example, my parents bought me a car and that car was old when they bought it. So, you know, now obviously having used it for the past five, no, more than five years, it's costing me a lot more because it's just getting older and it's having a lot more problems. So in hindsight, if I had just saved all the money that I've spent on fixing this car, then I could have actually bought a brand new car with no problems or, you know, problems I've created myself rather than the previous owners. So things like that, yeah, I feel like I would be better off today if that hadn't happened. But then again, it was out of my control, so I can't really complain too much about it. And I was quite fortunate to have my parents put that up for me from the age of 16. So, yeah. Okay, last question. What is an ambition you have? And it doesn't have to be money. It can be general life goal. Yeah. Look, I do have a lot of ambitions. I do think that, yeah, it's a very broad question because ambitions can be anything. And, you know, I think a lot of times people are driven by money. So for me, I think an ambition would be to make sure I have a job that I enjoy And to be, you know, putting effort into things that I genuinely want to be putting effort into. Like I never want to get to a point in my life where I'm dreading going to work, but actually not just like, oh, I have to go to work today, but actually dreading, like hating my job, hating my day-to-day life. I think things like that can really get you down. So I think my biggest ambition is to make sure I find things that will work for me. And whether it be a short-term means to an end to get to something bigger then fine that's that's whatever but yeah I think ultimately these ambitions are driven by the want to be financially stable in the future so yeah I mean full circle back to back to the point of the episode (laughs) perfect well thank you for answering my questions you're welcome so Em are you ready for the hot seat yeah cool go ahead great so question number one would you consider yourself a tight ass Oh, the wording, the wording. Look, I feel like if you knew me, which Danielle has, does, I should say. <laughs> it was in the past. Yeah, it was in the past. She doesn't know me anymore. Um, if we go back to in high school, um, I was, well, I don't know. Yeah, I'm a bit of that. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, let me just answer this question for you. Yes. Yes. Um, because, well, I didn't have like money when I was younger and in high school like just I didn't have it so I remember once there was this scene I was I'll call it a scene because that's what I was <laughs> at the bus stop we were waiting and someone I think dropped their wallet or something and I like dove for the coins that fell she out literally dove <laughs> but it wasn't just on the bus stop this used to happen in front of the school bakery or walking around school if she saw something shiny on the floor mm. she would Jump, she would jump in front of a bus if she if she thought she saw two dollars on the floor. I'm a human metal detector. Yeah, yeah. And then even if I spotted it first, she would like push me out the way to pick up this fucking coin. I'd be like, "Bruh, like, <laughs> are you serious? I was gonna buy you something with it anyway. Like, shout you something at the bakery." <laughs> now I can shout myself. <laughs> yeah, you can. <laughs> I can be. I feel like at times I can be quite generous with my money when it comes to friends and family. But at certain times, there's a line that I do draw because I don't want people to take advantage of, like, my kindness if I, say, shout them lunch or this Mm. and that. Um, And then they just suddenly think, oh, yeah, she's okay with, you know, me 
like it's happened. It's actually we'll talk. I was talking to my sister about it yesterday, where I've bought someone like Mac is on the way somewhere because it was just easier. I use my card, and they've never even offered to pay me back, and it's pissed me off because I'm like, how do you take advantage of my money? So yeah, I would say with the cer- certain situations, I can be, but with certain people like family and close friends, no. Okay, that's fair. Question number two. Where do you see yourself in five years, assuming everything goes to plan financially, work-wise, everything like that? Cool. Like just life-wise or money? I'd say money, career, that sort of thing. Cool. I Five years I would like to own a house. Well, I probably wouldn't own it. I would be the bank would own it and I'd be on a mortgage or have a mortgage. You'd still own the house, yeah. yeah. But yeah. Um, I would like to have a house, have a hopefully a job in in a the industry I like, um, and hopefully like a husband or a fiance. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah, and well, five years old will I be? You'd be twenty seven. Oh, twenty seven. Still yeah. good age. Still good you age. You just do that math so quickly. Yeah, you did. I know. Wow. wow. <laughs> Sorry. Back to Just it. Sorry. Good for you. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so I would like to have like have a house, hopefully have the mortgage. Well, mortgage can take up to 30 years, but have it at a good place because um, I'd like to have people renting it for a little while. Um, yeah, and have a partner and hopefully be engaged if not married and trying for kids soon mm. though that's a weird thing to say because right now I do not want kids but at 27 I'm hoping 27 year old Emily will question number three <laughs> has there been a time where you have potentially stopped yourself from doing something because you were concerned about you know maybe your long-term financial goals I think I definitely have I'm just trying to think of like an example Really? I don't know. I don't think I – I think there have been little things that I probably I can't even remember now. Um, but considering that I've been in a good sort of stable job for the past couple of years, I don't think so only because I've had that stable income, if that makes sense. Yeah. But I can't think of a – I can't think of anything right now. Sorry. Okay. No, that's great. It's. I'd say that's a better answer than saying, you know, yeah, the, yeah. the opposite. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Well, question number four. What do you think will be your next big splurge purchase? Ooh. Probably, like, it's a holiday count? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'd say the holiday because I think of holidays, like, I feel like holidays can be, well, this one is a bit of a need in the sense that I've got all my family over there, so it's a bit of a purpose besides just, I need a holiday. It's like, I want to go see my family. Um, But on the other side of things, when, because my family is all in Malta, so that sort of, yep that has to happen but on the other side of the holiday when I want to go travel and stuff it's like I have that attitude of I'm over here I want to do make it the most of it as I can so I'll probably have that whole what's like the money isn't an issue not an issue but in the sense that like a treat yourself mentality. yeah treat yourself mentality exactly like you're here make the most of it so I reckon that would be the next thing okay that sounds great um, question number five, fifth and final. Has there been anything that you have regret spending or buying in the past? I think you've asked me this. I asked you if there's been any silly purchases, not anything that you've probably regretted. regretted. Mm, okay. Probs not. No? No, I don't think so. Nothing comes to mind. It'd be like 
similar to last time, like silly clothes purchases or um, so like nothing big, like nothing, nothing big. That's good because I'm pretty Again, safe better that, that way. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm pretty sen- safe in that sense that if I feel like it's stupid or I, I don't not. I think things through. Yeah, I think, fair enough. And I overthink things, so yeah. that comes in handy. That's when overthinking really does come in handy. Yeah, absolutely fair. Alrighty then, let's get to it. We decided to talk about this because lately I've been really inspired to become more strict and aware of my bigger goals for the future. Before anyone fucking begins with the, yeah, but you live at home bullshit, let me just explain. I've pretty much been self-sufficient since I was 17 and got my first casual job. Any and all holidays I've been on, I've completely funded myself. Like I mentioned before, my car is like 17, 18 years old and has cost me more to keep running than it is worth. Being a student and quite a social one at that means that I found it really difficult to budget my mediocre income. I've always struggled to save money, probably because I definitely have FOMO. Yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) With a few groups of friends, saying yes has always been my weak point. Whilst this may sound like I'm just spitting out excuses, which it sort of is, but it was genuinely my lifestyle and I found that I was living beyond my means and not really achieving any of my bigger goals. Yeah, and that's something that I'd really like to focus on in this episode. I think that realising what your bigger financial and life goals are can really help put your spending habits into perspective. Yeah, absolutely. And this isn't to say that Em and I are the best at managing money, nor are we the most qualified people to be, you know, giving you money advice. But we just wanted to have a chat about feeling like you have to keep up appearances and by doing so, putting yourself in financial strife and impacting your future in a way that you might not even realise. Exactly. And Daniela and I are both privileged to say that we are both living at home with our parents, but that doesn't automatically mean that we don't have monthly outgoing expenses either, though. No, exactly. And I felt like we just needed to clarify that being smarter with your money can happen regardless of whether you work full-time, casually, living at home, renting, paying a mortgage. Yes, some circumstances might be harder than others, but as cliche as it sounds, knowledge is power and having a solid grasp of financial literacy is incredibly beneficial. Also, just a little disclaimer, Danielle and I aren't experts. We're just going to talk about our experiences and the things that, that have helped us achieve our goals and how important it is to realise what those goals are as soon as you can. I'd also like to say that I've been ridiculously inspired and informed by the She's on the Money podcast. If you click out of our podcast to listen to theirs, I won't even be mad. But please don't, just stay here and check them out later. Thank you. <laughs> yes, please stick around. <laughs> So I think the right place to start with a DNM like this is to chat about our values. M, in the grand scheme of things, what are your financially related values? I would say my financial values are wanting to be in a position where I'm comfortable and secure. Money for me is about feeling safe and is the key to my independence. There have been so many moments where I think about the position that I am in now and I reflect on a couple of years ago and if certain situations that have arisen say in the past year or so were to have arisen then I would have been struggling so much and had all this not I wouldn't say unnecessary stress but all this stress just because of money money affects everything and I think it's really scary to think about how much control it has over your life yeah oh absolutely and I can relate like for me having savings and feeling financially secure is really important like I said I never was very strict with my money and I haven't grown up with a lot of money either. For my future, I just want to know that should the worst happen, I've got an emergency fund to fall back on. 
I know it's probably inevitable unless you're Kylie Jenner, but I don't want to stress about money. I never want to be scrambling to pay something or be stuck in a situation that I can't afford to get myself out of. No, and I get that. I don't think anyone necessarily wants to be in a position like that, but unfortunately a lot of people do find themselves deep in debt and in financial uncertainty. For me, I really value opportunities and knowledge, and I think that when you're aware of how your decisions can impact you, you then become more prepared and equipped to deal with the lemons life gives you, if I want to put it like that. I think that having a solid idea of the bigger picture and genuinely valuing whatever it is that you're wanting to work toward can actually motivate you to make the necessary changes and you won't truly feel like you're making sacrifices. But do you think that making sacrifices is necessarily a bad thing? No, I just think that they have a negative connotation. Like you hear the word and suddenly you feel like you're being forced to give up something that you love. To me though, sacrifices are more of a means to an end. You know, you're stopping a habit that ultimately impacts you negatively in the big picture. Like, think of it this way. It's Saturday night, you're dressed up and buzzing to go out. You think that having six shots before you leave the house is a great idea because you want to be lit before you even get to wherever you're going. But what you're not thinking of is the two-day hangover that will follow and potentially ruin the rest of your weekend. Whereas, if you were to sacrifice that and have a few drinks, if you really wanted, then you would have your balance. The drinks, the fun night out, your memories, and little to no hangover. That is a great example. Thank you. I think in little, in literal terms, we actually do that now anyway. Yeah, like at Oktoberfest last week, I literally had two drinks, but I had a fab time. Anyway, yes, example in motion. Yeah, I had, I had two drinks too, I didn't oh, even realise. Okay. Yes, oh, look at us go. Um, but I guess when you put it that way, sacrifices don't sound that bad, especially if you do make smart smart ones yeah and I don't well I don't think so anyway like I think that there is a sense of satisfaction that comes in making successful sacrifices seeing how your actions can affect your outcome is actually insane be it good or bad actions and outcomes yeah and seeing what you have achieved because you've made the effort to make the changes can be quite astounding if there's anything I want you guys to take from this episode it's a structure of organizing your thoughts and organizing your goals breaking them down, and then making them a reality. Which isn't always easy. If your dream is to own a house, that's great. But how are you going to make it happen? And given that prices of the houses these days can sometimes seem like that is an impossible goal. I love that you've taken this conversation down this road. Yes, absolutely yes. Break it down. What do you need to make these things happen for you? If you're in a casual position or earning a minimum wage, that's okay. It doesn't mean that it's impossible. It just means that your short-term goals can help you towards your long-term goals and they need to be realistic and very specific. Exactly. Danielle and I make an effort to have these long-term goals and we know what we want for our futures. Absolutely. Yes, but we also know that we can't just go, yep, I'm going to save money and get a house. Instead, we go, okay, let's budget our weeks or let's make smarter decisions about the things that we buy. Let's be honest, we both love to shop. Oh, yeah, and we do have our moments of weakness, that's no doubt. Oh, yeah. My family and friends know how much I love shopping. That's my weakness and food. Yeah, (laughs) and food, no (laughs) doubt. But like I said, bigger picture. Yes, and one thing that Daniela brought up the other day was the difference between being rich and being wealthy, which I think is a really interesting concept that helps put things into perspective. Yeah. So for those of you who are probably wondering what we're talking about, the She's on the Money podcast spoke about how being rich and being wealthy are different things and that people, especially people nowadays, would prefer to be rich now than wealthy later. 
And we've seen this in action, Em, haven't we? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and we're living in a time where everyone wants to seem rich. They can't afford to pay their rent, but they'll buy a designer bag. Like, wealth, on the other hand, is silent. Wealth is in the form of investments, properties, that sort of thing. It's so true, and I think it's because society today focuses on our image. Going back to what you said about everyone wanting to seem rich is spot on. Instagram is sewn so tightly into our lives, it plays a role in the same way your resume does. If you, oh, good one. Thank you. Thank you. I was pretty bad at that. Yeah. If you want to impress people, your Instagram has to be of a certain quality. That's why seeming rich is so important. If you seem rich, people think you have your shit together. Instagram's purpose is to show off and celebrate all the good in your life. So if mm-hmm. you're a regular poster to Instagram, it can easily be assumed that life is running smoothly. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And leading on from that, I wanted to chat about money traps. And by traps, I'm talking about personal loans, credit cards, and my personal favorite, Afterpay. <laughs> um, things such as, if we're talking about Afterpay, um, I have not ventured into for me I have this strong belief that if I can't afford it right then and then I shouldn't be buying it I like to just pay things off all at once because I can't deal with the stress of want waiting and waiting to pay something off but in saying that if we go back four or five years ago when I was earning a hundred dollars a week at my KFC job <laughs> I was and I was at uni I was saving for an overseas trip and a car all at the same time and going out almost every weekend as you do at that age, something like Afterpay would have been a lifesaver because it would have meant that I wouldn't miss out on things like going out for dinner, buying new outfits for a party, buying drinks, or even buying birthday gifts because I feel like birthdays were like every week. It's Mm -hmm. ridiculous. And I feel like Afterpay is so accessible and simple and makes things seem less overwhelming, such as if you want to make a big purchase, it just breaks it down to little, little transactions. For fortnightly installments. <laughs> yes, no. And I personally have never and hope to never take out a personal loan. Um, but on the other hand, I have had experience with credit cards and Afterpay in particular. I got my first credit card, which was technically a David Jones store card, so I could only use it in the store, obviously. But I only got it because my MacBook from high school had completely died after my first year of uni, and I was literally desperate for a new one, but I couldn't afford it outright. Uh, my second credit card I opened when Em and I were talking about traveling to New Zealand. Again, a trip I couldn't afford because I had just come back from Europe a couple months earlier. Luckily, I was approved for the card but didn't end up using it for the trip. Eventually, I did use that credit card for bits and pieces here and there just for the sake of using it. Um, a couple months ago, though, I did pay it out and close the account. Um, I just didn't need it. And I think that they are a good thing to have in the event of emergency. So for example, like when I went back to the UK, I used it when my dad lost his debit card and I paid things that I hadn't budgeted for. So like in that sense, it was good. Yeah, I think that's like, I've heard of that situation having happening so many times and the credit card has sort of, you know, come to the rescue. But things such as credit cards can be good if you use them correctly and are smart about them. Yeah, exactly. And I think I'll look into getting another one, perhaps when I move out of home or if I do a big trip again. But only use it for emergencies. I think a lot of people fall into the credit trap because when they get them for emergencies but end up using them for silly things such as buying drinks or dinners with their friends or for clothes that they can't actually afford. Though it's understandable, especially when earning your earning points, you think, why not just pay it on the credit card and get the points? Then you pay, then you don't pay it on time and transactions just add up and before you know it, you're in debt with 
interest. Oh my god, yes. Interest is something that I think a lot of people don't even understand. Like I know for myself it took oh, me a yeah. long time to understand it when I had two credit cards and it's only been recently that I've fully understood how it works, why it works. But look, I think unfortunately that is true. And I think that a big part of successfully being mindful about your financial situation is having the discipline within yourself to make better and more rational choices. Discipline or lack thereof can make or break you. That goes with anything, budgeting, sport, work, all areas that require goals. I couldn't have said it better myself. So, Daniela, you mentioned traveling before. Yeah. I think it's a big reason why young people do find themselves in debt. How did you manage to travel so much whilst working a casual job and being in university? Look, I'd say the same way I can imagine that you did, Em. Um, For me, one thing that I really value, and again, going back to values, um, is freedom and experiences. Therefore, when I was old enough to travel, that became a priority. And I'm the type of person, and I have mentioned this in the past, uh, I get tunnel vision when I have a goal. So like in 2015, I made it my goal to travel to Europe. And a year later, there I was. I worked, you know, 40 to 45 hours, you know, every week whilst also studying full time with sometimes 20 contact hours per week. Like, you know, every decision I made about how I spent my time was completely calculated. I knew that, you know, in a 24 hour period, I needed to go to uni in the morning and then work for X amount of hours to then make X amount at the end of the week. I hardly saw anyone who I didn't study or work with. And I'd sometimes work seven to 10 day weeks. Like it was really full on, but that is who I am. And it's like, I'm only driven by my goals. It's not like I wanted to work so much or to balance assignments with work, but it's because I desperately wanted to travel through Europe and soak up that whole experience. So for me, there was no plan B goal. Whereas there were plans, you know, A to Z of meeting that one ultimate goal. But at the end of the day, the opportunity to travel was my main driver. I think when it came to planning such saving for my trip, the key for me is to have a number in my head. How much do I need to put aside for flights, for accommodation, for food and for spending? The good thing about my last big trip to Europe three years ago was that uh, it was a Kentucky and with Kentucky it includes all the accommodation, most of the meals and so that made it a lot easier. It meant that I didn't have to think too much about that entire number. Also having that drive to make that trip happen was just as important without the determination and the persistence I wouldn't have gone anywhere yeah and look we are very different people in the way we go about things but at the end of the day we're both driven by something that we genuinely and wholeheartedly wanted yeah exactly and I think that as humans without goals we wouldn't have motivation no absolutely and I couldn't agree with you more I think that if something holds value to you then by all means go for it so if your goal is to own that Louis Vuitton bag that costs more than a small car then shit man go for it you know I used to and sometimes still do genuinely hold material things as value but one thing I cannot look past is whether I can actually afford it Um, I read that being able to afford something means that you can buy it twice That means using spare money, so not money that should go towards bills or being taken out of your savings or however you've got your bank account set up, but we feel like absolute spare money. Like if I only have $4,000 total to my name and the bag I want costs two grand, then that means I can't afford it because the remaining two grand should be in my savings or should be allocated towards my bills or rent or groceries or whatever. That's actually a really good way of looking at it. If you can't buy it twice, you can't afford it. Yeah. And I guess that goes back to your afterpay comments. Personally, I used Afterpay all the time, like all the time, especially if I hadn't budgeted for something like a gift or if I fell in love with a pair of shoes or if I ran out of my skincare products and replacing them wasn't in my budget, then I would use Afterpay. 
And I would do it quite strategically though. I used to use it only when I knew that I had money coming in within the week and then I'd pay it off straight away. I definitely understand how people could take advantage of it though and how it can really negatively affect your credit score. And it's almost too easy to use. You don't need to sign up the same way that you do with credit cards and it's so accessible for everyone and it's online and in stores now. I briefly heard that it can affect your credit score but I don't know too much about it though. Well, banks have been actually rejecting people's home loans because they've failed to disclose their afterpay debt. So purely because they're not realizing that owing money to afterpay is a legitimate debt, then they've been like, they've had all of this process of, you know, getting a home and the home loan process just like thrown out the window. Shit. And it's true. They don't advertise afterpay as a serious form of lending and credit. So it's no wonder why. Honestly. And once I'd heard that, I stopped using it and I haven't deleted the app, but I don't think I will. But I definitely don't use it as much at all. Well, I think that times are changing as well, though. People shop differently now than they ever have before. Danielle and I have histories in retail, and customers are completely different now than they were about five years ago when we both started. Oh, yeah, and I couldn't agree more. It's like the retail business just can't keep up, so they're constantly on sale, trying to entice people to shop, which inevitably they do. Consumers, on the other hand, in general, won't shop without a discount of a sort. And with the online market, they are saturated with choice and value from different retailers who are all competing for the one customer's business. Times are really changing. And I, again, I think it comes down to people's values and them valuing their financial appearance more than their financial stability. Em, you've hit the nail on the head with that one. One more thing I really wanted to mention was that we also have a sustainable customer who is in the market now. People are becoming more and more aware of the different ways to shop, be it through markets, op shops, secondhand stores. Like, people are becoming thrifty. It's genuinely a great, great thing. It really is a great thing, and I think you've got a point there in saying that it comes back to sustainability, and we were just talking about it earlier, how it's becoming such a big thing now that bigger companies are beginning to focus on, and I think it's amazing. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right there, and it's something that I know personally I do want to move into more. And I think, you know, breaking habit of just going to your local shopping centre to find something that you need is more, you know, is easier said than done. But I think as consumers, we should be more aware of these things. And I think there is a big financial value in that too. Exactly. I think that because you know your money is not making a negative impact on earth, such as buying into high fashion. And fast fashion. Fast fashion, yes. Um, It just removes that guilt. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, look, I think there's a lot more to it, but I I would agree with you there. It does take away an, an essence of guilt. And yeah, I just think your money goes towards something that has a long-term benefit for someone other than yourself. Exactly. Well, I think that's all we have time for today. Before we go, though, Daniela, what are you loving this week? <laughs> okay, a couple of things. Mostly cosmetics-related, actually. I am in love with my new setting powder. It's the Anastasia Beverly Hills one in the banana shade, and it's actually fantastic. I am also loving the Quarterly Vino Pure Serum. Shit's expensive, but it works on my skin, which is a miracle. And finally, I'm loving the Inky List Caffeine Eye Cream. It's only like $18, and my friend from the US told me about it, and it's actually really good. I'm actually mind-blown. Um, or oh, oh, also, one last thing, the past week I've been walking to and from work from the station and it's about half an hour each way and I went back and listened to old Dean and episode and I'm really loving them. Oh, that's so sweet. I yeah. think it's, it feels like, oh, it feels like we've 
it's gone so quick, but at the same time, it feels like we've been doing it forever. Literally, like when I was listening to them, I was like, wow, this was ages ago. I don't even remember talking about this, but yeah, like absolute madness. Oh my God, which ones did you listen to? Literally just random ones, episode season one and season, early season two. Oh my God. I know. And even though season two, we're only up to episode eight, but still like... It, it was odd. It was yeah. a really odd sensation, but it was really lovely. Yeah, oh, that's nice. It has been since May, so it's been quite a number of months that we've been doing that now. No, yeah, it's not true. Doing that, doing this. Doing so this, yes. <laughs> doing that thing, you know. Yeah. How about you, Em? Um, I'm currently loving an audiobook. I feel like Audible needs to be, you know, needs to sponsor us. Not <laughs> yeah, drinking. I think so. I bring it up so often. Called The Cruel Prince by Holly Black. And a bit of background, the reason that I'm loving it so much is because my sister just got a part-time with at my work. So every morning when we go in together, we listen to it. And the reason I'm loving it is because I went into a really bad reading slump for a long time. And I was trying to go back to, you know, why did I love reading in the first place? And I fell in love with reading by reading fantasy books. And this one obviously is a fantasy book. And it's just sort of reignited my love for reading again. And it's sort of like the exact kind of book I would have read when I was younger, when I was, like, obsessed with reading. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's what I'm loving this week. Oh, I love that. I'm, I think that's something I really want to make an effort is, like, reading more and reading books that I actually want to read. Like, and I loved your right. I used to love fantasy books. Yeah. But I've been, like, trying to be a bit more mature with the things I choose. <laughs> and I've just not been enjoying them. So I, I think I, I should go down that road again. Yeah, and I think that's what I was doing because I started reading, like, when I – for one year, I didn't. I only read one book an entire year, mm. and to get me back into it, I read like four Leanne Moriarty books, and that sort of kick-started my reading. And I was trying to also be a bit more mature in what I read. Um, but it it did it sort of. I loved it for a while, but then I just got a bit bored, and hence why I've now gone back to fantasy. And I think I love it. I think the reason I love it is because it, fantasy is so exciting, and it actually does feel like an escape everyday life really yeah no I I agree with you like I was thinking about my because I went through a stage where I was obsessed with the Robert Langdon books so like the um the Da Vinci Code and what was the first one the first one was the Lost Angels and Demons Angels and Demons yes oh that was I haven't even read listen listen Angels and Demons changed my life like I loved that book I'd say it's easily one of my favorite favorite books yeah you were obsessed with this when yeah reading. it was fantastic it. but yes angels and demons the da vinci code there was also um uh the lost symbol and i sort of like i've not finished them but i love them so much and i'm like i need to like i've had this like drive to get back into mm-hmm. them and i think i just need to just bite the bullet pick it up and just sit down go for it because i used to love reading but i just like i've not really found all that much excitement in it anymore yeah i just yeah i think it's about writing writing the right book that's a that's a little trick and you're yeah. finding the right book really yeah have you watched the movies i can't remember if you have i watched angels and demons but i didn't watch the the rest of them oh, okay yeah They're good movie i haven't watched them for uh, years, anyway he's always good oh he is good yeah i was glad he played he yeah. was a, it's a great casting actually yeah although i did picture like a like a gorgeous like james bond type of robert langdon Ooh. in like a in a you know professor suit Okay. Yeah. Like I, Jude Law's Dumbledore. You know they've got yeah, him in the suit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, yes, absolutely. I, come on, yes. Yeah, that sort of thing. <laughs> yes, absolutely. All right, guys. Anyway, like we said, that is all we have time for. So thank you so much for tuning in this week. We're so sorry about the audio quality. We hope it wasn't the worst. Don't forget that you can find us on Instagram at DNMs Podcast and email us at hello.dnms at gmail.com.
Yes, and you can also join our Facebook group, which we will link in the show notes. Everybody, have a great week. We will catch you next week. New episodes are released every Monday from 6 a.m. when we can get in the studio. Yes. Or if you guys don't mind this setting so much, we can do this too. Yeah. <laughs>